Hey, Story Pirates podcast listeners, it's Lee from the Story Pirates. Today's show is spectacular. We've got time travel, lasers, stars, atoms, a spin class, and a very special guest, Star Busby. All that and more coming up after these quick words for the grown-ups. Hey, grown-ups! We are so incredibly grateful to you for listening to Story Pirates. Season 6 was really, really fun to make, and we're so excited for Season 7 right around the corner. To help us make the Story Pirates podcast the best it can be, we've created a short survey for our listeners, and we'd really, really appreciate it if you could take a few minutes to fill it out. You'll be able to tell us what you like about the Story Pirates podcast and what you'd like to see us do in the future. To fill it out, just go to realm.fm slash kids. That's realm, spelled R-E-A-L-M, dot F-M slash kids. And as a thank you, everyone who fills it out can enter to win a prize pack from a whole bunch of different kids' podcasts, including Story Pirates! pretty cool. Again, that website is realm.fm slash kids. Thank you. Now back to the show. Hey, grownups. If you're a fan of comedy, there's a brand new podcast from our friend Justin Bartha that I wanted to tell you about. You may remember Justin from episode seven this season. He's the treasure hunter at the Met. And as you heard, a seriously funny actor. Justin's show is called King of the Egg Cream. And in addition to Justin, it has just the most incredible cast. Again, this show's just for grownups and probably older kids. Grownups, you can take a listen yourself and see what you think. But if you're a fan of hilarious stuff and well-told stories, you will probably like King of the Egg Cream. Here's a taste. This egg cream is delicious. I wish the chocolate syrup inside wasn't so expensive. If you'd like to save some shekels and have some fun at the same time, make sure you tune into King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone, great job so far. But now I want you to reach down and turn that resistance knob up two turns. Let's work! Well, I sure I'm glad we got these exercise bikes for the ship. Yeah, doing a cycling class together was a great idea. Who could have thought that using a stationary bike in a dark room while listening to loud music for an hour could be so much fun? Nice form, baby with a mustache. Remember to keep your core engaged. In my defense, I am a baby. My tiny baby legs don't even reach the pedals of my exercise bike. That's all right. We're all going at our own pace. You know your body better than anyone else. Hey, if you're sweating, you're doing it right. Wow, Megan is a really good cycling instructor. Yeah, I feel supported as well as challenged. (laughs) And her music choices are amazing. I feel so motivated that I just might sing a Right, sorry. Okay, last 10 minutes. Don't give up now. Is everyone feeling good out there? Excuse me, everyone. Siegfried, please don't interrupt my class. And shut the door, you're letting in too much light. Everyone knows the best way to work out is in a dimly lit room. That 
doesn't sound... Wait, Siegfried, why aren't you taking this cycling class with us? Mighty warriors like myself have no need for such amateur pedestrian exercise classes such as this. My body is constantly ready for any physical challenge that might come my way. I fought alongside Sven Forkbeard at the Battle of Spaldir. I once lifted a whole Viking ship above my head on pure adrenaline. I'm strong like an ox, agile like a cat, brave like a lion. Nufa! You snuck up behind me and scared me! Look, Siegfried, was there a reason you came in here? Ah, yes. I have some news that might be of particular interest to Eric and Rachel. Not now. We're in the zone. Yes, I just mastered getting into second position without pointing my toes. I can't break my concentration now. But I was just walking past the deck of the ship, and the navigation system said that we've arrived at the lost city of Nether Nebosia. Huh? Emergency break! I never thought this day would actually come. We've been searching for the lost city of Nether Nebosia for so long. I can't believe we're actually here. Quick, everyone take off your cycling shoes. All hands on deck. Wait, we should actually do a post-workout stretch first. Otherwise, we might cramp up. Oh, oh yes, yes. Right. Okay. Okay. I never remember to stretch. Okay, everyone, take a deep breath. Reach through your side body and... Podcast, everyone. Where we take stories written by kids and turn them into sketch comedy and songs. Okay, everyone. Time to uncover the lost city of Nether Nebosia. We're doing this for you, Nana. Let's go. Wait, I don't have my normal shoes back on yet. Has anyone seen my water bottle? It looks like a regular baby bottle, except it's full of water. And the water is milk. And whose gross towel is this? Ooh, that's mine. <laughs> Sorry. Come on, hurry up. This is taking forever. Eric, Rachel, I know you're super excited that we finally arrived at this lost city that we've been searching for for weeks, but since you're waiting for us to get ready anyway, how about we do a story first? Fine. Yeah. Great. Listeners, have you ever looked up at the millions of stars in the night sky and wondered, how did this all even happen? Well, if you have, you're going to appreciate this next story, which features today's special guest, Star Busby. Here's the author to introduce it. Hi, my name is Audie, and I'm five years old. I live in Canada. This is my story, Millions of Dogs. There was millions and millions of stars And each person was in it And the planets were made And the people started growing, growing, growing Every day a new thing to know 
comets took flight Inside there was a knowing, knowing, knowing And then one day, actually All the stars got into people's bodies And the people growed and Get to some lost city finding, huh? Agree. Eric, shall we look through the looky-loo? The periscope? Uh-huh. Together? Sure. I'll look through my right eye. You look through your left eye. Let's see what we've got. Okay, but let's keep our eyes closed and open them at the same time. Good thinking. On three. Okay, here we go. Eyes open in one... Two... Three! three. Uh... <laughs> I don't see anything. Me neither. But this is the exact right spot, according to the map. Huh, let me take a look. Hmm. Yeah, kind of just looks like we're in an empty underwater field. Nothing but seaweed around for nautical miles. Can I see? Sure. Wait, I think I see something. It's a uh, false alarm. That's, that's just more seaweed. Siegfried, are you sure you read the navigation system correctly? I didn't take off my cycling shoes for nothing. Yes! Look, here's Rachel's half of the map and Eric's half of the map. See for yourself. He's right. The map my nanny made said the lost city should be right here. This doesn't make any sense. Look, there's a hermit crab crawling by. 
Maybe we can ask him if he knows anything. Anti-smush suits, everybody. Uh, excuse me, hermit crab? You talking to me? We're looking for another Nabosia? Never heard of it. No, no. Sorry, it's a city, and it should be right here. Ain't no cities around here. Never have been, never will be. This is flat, empty seafloor. But our map says... All right, have a good day now. Bye. Gotta go. And he's in a show. Well, that wasn't very helpful. Maybe the map is off. No way. We've checked and double-checked and triple-checked Eric's Nana's work. We even have a secret room on the ship where we do all of our checking. Follow us back to the ship. See? We put up all the information we could find relating to our search for Nether Nabosia up on these cork boards. Whoa. There are newspaper clippings, photographs, handwritten notes, all helpfully collected by this bright red yarn. <laughs> Is anyone else here getting sort of overboard vibes from all this? No, but I, I am sort of getting some allergy vibes. All these old newspaper clippings, there's just so much dust. <laughs> Lee, your sneeze knocked all of our papers off our cork board. Honestly, kind of for the best. Here, let us help you pick everything up. No, wait a minute. Look at this. What is it, Nimini? Did you find a new clue? <laughs> That's impossible. Eric and I have poured over every detail of these boards, and there is positively no more new information that anyone could find. Well, maybe it's not a clue. Maybe it's just a coincidence. But I was picking up the letters that spell out Nether Nabosia, and since they're all out of order, I noticed that the letters can be rearranged. You mean like an anagram? Exactly. Eric, what was your Nana's name? Well, we always just called her Nana, but her real name was Rosie Beth. Precisely as I thought. Here, take a look. If you rearrange the letters in Nether Nabosia, you get... Nano Rosie Beth. <gasps> Gasp, it's a nanogram. Wow, would you look at that? What a silly coincidence. Who would have thought that the lost city my Nana visited as a child was also an anagram for her very name? <laughs> what a weird confluence of totally unrelated occurrences. Uh, no, Eric, I think this means something. What, what, is, what does it mean? Oh boy, who wants to tell him? I'll do it. <clears throat> Eric? This means that the lost city of Nether Nebosha was named after your Nana, probably because she was royalty. What? No, Did I get that wrong? Yeah. I, right, I, sh I should not be doing this. <laughs> Eric, I think this means your Nana just made the whole thing up. There is no treasure or lost city. It was just a story. Nether Nebosha is just Nana Rosie Beth with the letters rearranged. And story is just lies with the letters rearranged. Peter, Peter no. no. What? No, no, my Nana would never lie to me. I don't think it was a lie. She was just telling you a story. And maybe this map that she drew is just part of that story, like a picture book. So you're telling me Nether Nebosha isn't real? I, I can't believe this. I won't believe this. None of you understand. She was telling the truth. Nana was telling the truth. I'm going to my room. <laughs> um, I hate to ruin the moment, but does anyone have a tissue? Here, you can use my gym towel. It's clean. Oh, no, it's not. Wow. I was wrong. Very wrong. We'll be right back. 
Hey, grown-ups! Today's episode is brought to you by Paramount Pictures' new big-screen family comedy adventure, If. Set within the magical world of imaginary friends, If's fantastically fun original story entertains audiences of all ages and delivers a comedy packed with lots of laughs and heart. If is in theaters May 17th. Personally, I'm looking forward to seeing If because of all the weird, wild, and funny characters. I saw the trailer, and there's this weird banana-looking character that you can only see in the trailer for like a second, but I'm obsessed. What's that guy's deal? I cannot wait to find out. Plus, if you know me, you know I like a stacked cast, and this one has got it all. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., and Steve Carell. Uh, A-list much? Not to mention that If also has my personal favorite actor of all time. That's right, Jon Stewart. I am excited to see this movie, not least of all, because I'd like to see and or hear Jon Stewart on the big screen. From visionary director John Krasinski, If is about a girl who discovers that she can see everyone's imaginary friends. It's the perfect movie to see with the whole family and takes audiences on a magical big screen adventure filled with heart and hilarious laughs that are meant to be shared. Best of all, If celebrates the power of a child's imagination, which, you know, sounds pretty good to me. See If in theaters May 17th. Hey, grown-ups! Today's episode is sponsored by DoorDash, where you can get $0 delivery fees on eligible orders with DashPass, and new members get a 30-day free trial. Hey, Peter. Hey, Lee. What you doing? Just waiting for a delivery. Oh, that's cool. What are you getting? It's here. Thank you. Delicious sushi. Aren't you going to eat it now? Oh, no. I'm waiting for a delivery. I thought that was your delivery. Another delivery. It's here. Thank you. What's that delivery? Groceries. Oh, want help putting them away? Thanks, but not yet. I'm waiting for a delivery. Another delivery? It's here. Thank you. Peter, why are you getting... It's here! Thank you! This seems like a lot of... It's here! Thank you! Peter, why do you keep getting so many deliveries? It's too easy! I can't stop! Well, what's that delivery you just got? Oh, more sushi? (sighs) Wow, I guess getting that many deliveries makes you hungry. You have no idea. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. (laughs) Eric, everything okay in there? No, everything is not okay. There's no such thing as Nether Nebosia. It's not a magical underwater land. It's a magical underwater scam. But I don't understand. What about your Nana? I've been sitting in my room thinking about all the stories my Nana has ever told me, and I've realized they're all lies. Oh, Eric, I'm sure that is not true. It is! And I'll prove it with a flashback montage. Yesterday, I was walking the dog, and he told me that he likes wet food better than dry food. Nana, dogs can't talk. Sometimes our dog does, but only to me. 
Here you go, little Eric. A fresh batch of Nana's famous pancakes. Mmm, Nana, I love your pancakes. Who taught you how to make them? Actually, I'm the one who invented pancakes. Nana, look at how blue the sky is. That's not a sky, it's a pool for birds. Don't you see? My Nana was nothing more than an unreliable narrator, and I was simply too young to know any better. It sounds to me like your grandmother was just trying to keep you entertained. Yeah, by lying. There really is no lost city of Nether Nebosia. And if Nether Nebosia is a lie, what else is a lie? Are penguins not super adorable? Am I not super tall? Watch your head there. Thanks. Or not. Maybe this ceiling is a lie too. Eric, just because your Nana made up some fun stories when you were a kid, that doesn't mean your entire reality is a lie. Does it though? Ow! I hit my head on that lie again. <sighs> okay, so Eric, I'm gonna tell it to you straight. So maybe Nana Rosie Beth never really visited a lost city called Nether Nebosia, but she did tell a great story, right? A story that inspired you to become an underwater explorer. And isn't storytelling as powerful as that an accomplishment all on its own? I don't understand, Rachel. How are you so calm about all of this? Didn't you want to find the treasure too? Of course I did. But right now, my friend Eric is distressed. So the most important thing to me is to be there for him. Also, I've been getting really into meditation, and I think it's helping. Really? Yeah, I downloaded an app. Anyway, Eric, we're here for you. Well, I'm sorry I can't be there for you. For any of you. Everything I've ever known is a lie. Nothing matters anymore. I just... I just... No, no, Eric, what are you doing? He's tearing up the treasure map. There. Now nobody has to suffer through the same lies that I did. Now I'm going back to my room. <laughs> Without that map, we don't have a plan anymore. We're practically lost. Actually, we're literally lost. What? The immense underwater pressure destroyed our navigation systems. Hmm, that's bad, right? What do we do now? I think there's only one thing we can do. Lee, if you say another story. Another story. Then I will be so happy. Exactly. And here to introduce it is the author. Hi, my name's Owen. I'm nine years old. I live in Montana, and this is my story, The Invention Convention. And in the end, t'was Richard himself whose long shadow stayed the groundhog beneath his winter of discontent. Thank you. Wow. Owen, that was quite an exceptional book report. Very impressive. You can take your seat. Thanks, Mrs. Shanley. All right. Now that I've heard all your wonderful presentations, it's time for me to do what any good teacher would do. Pick a winner! Oh, I hope I win. <laughs> you wish, Owen. That prize is as good as mine. Whatever, Bobby. Anyway, the top prize goes to... This is it! Bobby! What? Thank you, thank you. That's right, Bobby the Brilliant wins again! Oh. All right, that's the bell. Have a great weekend, everyone. Better luck next time, Owen the Ordinary. <laughs> the Ordinary. Ugh. I put all this work into my project and Bobby the Brilliant wins again. What's the point of doing anything if I'm not the winner? 
Hey, what's this flyer? Attention students, the Invention Convention is starting in one week. The winner of the competition for the best invention gets to be principal for a day. That's pretty cool. And a $100 gift certificate to the ice cream shop. That's it. I have to win that competition. To home! Mom! Mom! Oh, hi, Owen. How was your book report? It doesn't matter. I didn't win the prize. Oh, and it's like I've told you before, it doesn't matter who wins, it matters who tries. What? You've literally never said that before. Haven't I? I don't have time to discuss this, Mom. I have to get inventing. Here I go! Invention Montage This is Owen's Invention Montage Not just any montage This montage is for inventing things <laughs> There, I'm done. Owen, you've been up here a full week working. It's time to go back to fourth grade. Mom, I did it. I'm sure to win the invention convention with this. It's a time machine. <sighs> Owen, just remember, it's like I've always said. It doesn't matter who wins. It matters who tries. What? Mom, didn't you hear what I said? I built a time machine. Oh, right. Yes. Good job, dear. That's very impressive. It's cute. I like that it only has four buttons. Whatever. I'm going to test it. Okay, I'm going to go back in time four years. Okay, but be back soon or you're going to be late for school. Here I go. Whoa. 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 I'm in the past. Owen, it's time to go to kindergarten. Whoa, who are you? Mom, don't freak out. It's me, Owen, from four years in the future. <gasps> oh my goodness, why have you come back? Are you here to warn me about getting bangs? Will I regret bangs? Owen, tell me, will I regret bangs? What? No, Mom, I didn't build a time machine for you. So I won't regret bangs. Mom, I built the time machine to win a prize to prove that I'm the best. Huh. You know, Owen, I've never said this to you before, but it doesn't matter who wins, it matters who tries. But you have said that to me before. Oh, no, I get it now. Wow, time travel. What a mind trip. What? No time to explain. I gotta get back to win that prize. But what a mind trip. Whoa. Welcome back. Mom, I just traveled back in time. Yeah, I know. I was there. What? Oh, right. I do regret the bangs, by the way. Mom, you really need to re-examine your priorities. Oh, I do? Do I? I don't have time for this. I've got to get to school. The convention is about to begin. Hello? Everyone, attention, please. Oh, okay. Wow, what an incredible invention convention this has been. We've seen some incredible presentations here today, including Kelsey and Dominic's Watermatic 2000 Sprinkler. This one's for the parents, y'all. And their plants. And who's for Dad Bobby the Brilliant Cool Futuristic Laser? Check out my laser. And that's it! Unless there are any other last-minute submissions. Wait! I'm here! Owen! Just in the nick of time! People of the cafetorium, buckle your seatbelts because we're about to go for a ride through time! <laughs> Did he just say through time? Time travel montage. Owen is time traveling with
with the crowd. So much more. Then this time travel song will go And we're back. And thus concludes my invention, convention, invention. Thank you. Whoa, 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 okay, Owen, that was something I'm still uh, processing. <laughs> Seeing my life literally flash before my eyes. Attention everyone, the judges and I have made some decisions. And the winner is... This is it, I'm finally going to win. Bobby the Brilliant! What? So sorry, Owen. Better luck next time. Come on, everyone. Let's go get some ice cream to celebrate me. <laughs> yeah! Ice cream! Ice cream! Ice cream! Ice cream! But I... I just... Hold ya. But I built a time machine. You certainly did, Owen. Mom! I put so much work into my invention and Bobby still won. Well, it was a very cool laser. Mom! I'm sorry. Listen, Owen, come here and give your mother a hug. Hmm. I think you were so brave to enter the competition and you built a great time machine. No one else seemed to think so. Forget them. Remember, it's like I've always said. It doesn't matter who wins. It, it matters, matters who tried. Yeah, I know. Thanks, Mom. Sorry I didn't listen before. Even though I'm sad, I'll never forget your words and I'll never give up on inventing new things. You better not. Owen? Me from, from the, the future? future? That's right. And Owen, you've got to come back with me. Back to the future. Why? What happens to me in the future? It's not you, Owen. It's your bangs. Something's got to be done about your bangs. I knew it. The end. And now, Lee speaks with the author. Hi, Owen. Hi. How's it going? Good. Owen, you wrote the Invention Convention, right? Yes. Can you tell me about how you came up with the idea for that story? I really wanted to be an engineer when I grow up, so I started taking, like, coding and circuit components classes with my friends, and my dad told me that a lot of people think that Time is the fourth dimension, and I thought if we can control 1D, 2D, and 3D, I bet we can control 4D. So I wrote a story of this guy who could create a time machine. Wow, that was more in-depth than I was expecting you to say. <laughs> Owen, can you explain for anyone who doesn't know what an engineer is? Well, there's a lot of kinds of engineers. You can be like a circuit and component engineer, which takes these little tiny plastic boards and you can heat these metal things hot with a soldering iron and you can solder things to them and you can coat them. And so that's the kind of engineer you want to be, right? Yes. Wow. So let's talk about time travel for a second. Mm -hmm. Do you think that we'll achieve time travel in our lifetimes? I bet there's like a 50-50% chance. That's a pretty good chance though, right? Yeah. Are there different engineering ideas that you have about how to accomplish time travel? Yeah, I was thinking about a distance detector. You would tell it information about the past, and then you would open the door, and then the distance detector would sense you're there. And then I would have this sound somewhere, and I would code it with AI to ask you where, when, and what time you wanted to go. That's impressive. Do you think time travel would be, like, safe for humans? Probably not. Why not? 
you never know. Like, if you go to the prehistoric times, what if something crushed your time machine and you would have <laughs> to be like 2.0 billion years old to get back to your time? But in your story, Owen, the main character, only goes back in time four years. True. I think it's pretty funny to go back in time four years because you would see all the people you know. And you might even run into yourself. Yeah, there would be two of you. You would be like, is that me in that time machine again? <laughs> is there anything that you would say to yourself? I would say good job for building the time machine. <laughs> What's a good entry point for someone that wants to learn more about engineering? You can search up Maker Faire and it has all these different ideas for robots. And if you like subscribe to them, you can get some Maker Faire magazines and they're pretty awesome. Oh, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And are you working on any new inventions right now? I'm going to make a harness for your dog, and it's going to have a motor on the back with a piece of plywood on the motor. It's going to go over your dog's head with a string with a like a treat, and you have like a little remote control for the motor, and the treat will turn, so your dog will just follow the treat. <laughs> That's incredible. I love that. I'd buy one of those. Can I give you like a problem, and you can tell me an invention that could fix it? Yeah, sure. Every time I open the fridge, mm -hmm. all my food falls out because the fridge is too full. Um, maybe like a piston that just keeps your food in. So when you open the door, you would turn on the piston and it would push the food back. <laughs> That's amazing. Can you describe what a piston is? It's kind of like a spring, but a motorized one. You can press a button and it'll like slingshot out. Can I give you another problem? Yeah. So let's say that you're a kid who doesn't like getting dressed for school. Is there an invention you could come up with that would help with that? Probably like a thing that you would put on your head and it would put you in deep sleep and then your mom would just dress you. <laughs> mom or dad. <laughs> That's amazing. Owen, thank you so much for talking to me today. I'm so inspired by your inventions and your love of engineering. It makes me want to go build something. Yeah, thanks for choosing my story. You're so welcome. Have a great holiday, okay? Yeah. Bye, Owen. Bye. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening, and a big thanks to today's authors, Audie and Owen. Before we go, here's today's story spark. Kids, write us a story about a story that actually comes true. Tell us who tells the story, what the story is about, and what happens when the story they're telling actually comes true? Is the storyteller surprised? And how does the story coming true change the world they live in? As always, grown-ups can submit stories at storypirates.com. See you soon. Bye. Bye. The Story Pirates Podcast is a production of Gimlet Media, executive produced by Lee Overtree and Benjamin Salka. This episode was produced by Sam Bear, Mike Cavallon, Chad Chennai, Peter McNerney, Andrew Miller, Megan O'Neill, Lee Overtree, Jonathan Roberts, Jasmine Romero, Rachel Winitsky, and Nimini Ware. Recording, sound design, and mixing by Sam Bear at the Relic Room in New York City. Our theme song was written by Bobby Lord, arranged by Brendan O'Grady and Jack Mitchell, produced by Brendan O'Grady, Grady and featuring the beatboxing of Kayla Milady. 
Musical scoring by Jack Mitchell. Our head writer is Rachel Winitsky. Staff writers are Mike Cabalon and Mahala Lawrence. And contributing writers are Peter McNerney, Megan O'Neill, and Lee Overtree. Special guest, Star Busby. This episode features performances by Eric Austin, Sasha Diamond, Langston Darby, Gabby Hornig, Quentin Johnson, Vanessa Magula, Angelo McDonough, Peter McNerney, Jack Mitchell, Carly Mosley, Alexandra Nader, Emily Olcott, Megan O'Neill, Lee Overtree, Peter Russo, Rachel Winitsky, Nimini Ware, and Matt Zambrano. The time travel montage song was written by Peter McNerney and produced by Jack Mitchell. Millions of Stars was written by Star Busby and produced by Brendan O'Grady with vocal arrangement and direction by Jack Mitchell. You know, being so far under the ocean, I kind of miss being able to lie on my back and stare up at the night sky. Don't get me wrong, it's beautiful down here, but I just kind of miss seeing stars. Looking up at stars makes me think about, you know, how big the universe is and how small I am. And I don't even mind being so small. It's kind of nice. Anyway, I guess it's a good thing I had this planetarium installed in the ship. Whenever I want, I can recline in this leather chair, turn off the lights, and stare up at the projected image of the solar system on the giant dome above me. Please take your seats. The Tidal Wave Planetarium Show is about to begin. Oh, the lights are going down. It's starting. The universe is vast and endless. Millions and millions of stars shine down on us, forming different unique patterns called constellations. Oh, this is my favorite. Why am I whispering? No one else is in here. This is my favorite part. One such constellation is right here. As you can see, the stars form the shape of a worm. This constellation is DJ Squirmalot, a famous worm DJ. Oh, I almost forgot. This isn't the real universe. It's one that I made up. Next to him, we see a row of four stars known as the Space Bar. So named for DJ Squirmalot's famous habit of smashing that space bar during his DJ sets. I love this next one. Over here, we find the famous Kiefer constellation. As you can see, these stars make up a giant glass that is pouring out delicious kefir, creating a hazy band of stars known as the Kiefer Way. <laughs> My made-up universe is so beautiful. This next constellation is just a bunch of stars that look kind of like Lee. I don't personally see it, but that's what I've been told to say.